You're listening to the Queen City Church Sermon of the Week. For more information on this message and other resources, visit queencity.church. Messiah, who needs very little introduction, but in um, 1 Peter 4.10, it says, As each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. And manifold means many-sided. And one of the reasons we, one of the reasons I don't speak every week is because I wouldn't want to listen to the same person every week. Can I say that? Sure, I've already done it. And um, the other reason is we have ministry gifts. We have people in our church and the grace of God can be viewed from a lot of different directions, and so we get a lot of uh, great insights from different people. Actually, one time, a number of years ago, we took the same um, parable, and we had four different people speak on the same parable, all from different perspectives, which was really, really interesting. But this morning, we have Josiah Claypool. And it sounds like I don't need to say any more about him. So here he is. Thank you. Thank you, Robin. All right. So this, this is fun because I get to speak for the second time. The first time I got to speak on Thanksgiving, kind of like a pathway to peace. And so this time I'm actually going to be sharing about peace, that aspect of the fruit of the spirit. And so the first time around, Um, We talked about the renewal of the mind for a moment and how that renewal through Thanksgiving can lead us to peace. And so I'm actually going to try something a little different. So we're going to pray. Um, So I'm going to ask you to close your eyes. But as you close your eyes, I kind of want you to think about the last time you really experienced peace. A time where you you felt like everything just kind of slowed down. So, Father God, as we shift our mind to focus on peace, I pray and ask that that would be our experience today. That as a community, as a body, that we would learn, hear, and be able to tangibly see and experience peace moving forward. Lord God, that we would be reminded of the times that you've entered into our situation. And Father God, despite whatever was going on, the storms of our life, that we experience the peace of Christ. So Lord God, let us start from that place today. Remind us. Open up our minds to your peace as we engage that today. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so the fruit of the Spirit, as we've been talking about the last few weeks, it is love, it's joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. What I love about this opportunity today is, like I said, we talked about Thanksgiving as a pathway to peace before, um, and then Robin opened up the, the series and kind of gave an overview of what the fruit of the Spirit is. It's essentially the evidence that someone who who walks with the Lord, who has been saved and redeemed, and has experienced that grace of Jesus Christ, that the fruit is the evidence 
of that change and that shift that's happened in their life. And then Dan also shared about love and how everything's kind of like bounded up in love. And um, recently, um, our buddy Scott here, he was leading a Bible study with some of the guys. And we went through Colossians 3. And I tell you, when we were just going through it, the Lord gave him Colossians 3. And I was, it was just like, it was just a really good, it was a really good time together. And it just felt like as we were reading it, it was just kind of putting in all the different aspects of what we had already um, been going through as a church. And I just really want to read that um, this morning. So right before 12, which is where we're going to start, it's talking about um, putting off the old self and putting on the new self. We're no longer that old, we're no longer the old, but we're a new creation found in Christ. And so that's kind of the context for where we're going to begin. So Colossians 12 through 17, which should be up there for you. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, Kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgive each other as the Lord has forgiven you. So you must also forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thanksgiving in your hearts to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Now, I'm not going to necessarily break down every aspect um, of this passage, but I just love that it has elements of love, thanksgiving, and peace, putting off the old self and really operating in this idea of this new self that we have received through Christ. And so today we're going to talk about what is peace. We're going to look at some examples of peace in the word, and we're going to see how Jesus, how he exemplified peace, and also some other opportunities of what that looks like and how we can tangibly um, live those out in our own lives. So what is peace? The English definition is pretty simple. It's freedom from disturbance or a period without conflict. It's pretty simple. But that does not encapsulate the Hebrew word which is used to describe, which is shalom. I know a lot of us have heard that before. Shalom. Shabbat shalom. Shalom alakem. Alakem shalom. What's he talking about? So that's... (laughs) So that, that it's a greeting. It's a greeting for the Hebrew people that was experienced, that they still use to this day. And then on Saturdays during Shabbat, that's the greeting, Shabbat Shalom. You had that before on Saturdays. So if you didn't know that, great. Now you do. Um, so, all right, I guess we're done here. Talk. <laughs> Just kidding. So what does that word Shalom mean? It's not just peace. It actually means wholeness. It's this idea of being complete. It's this idea of there being this inner tranquility. It's this whole idea that everything that is needed, everything that is needed in that moment, everything that is past, future, it all comes and it is complete. What I think is beautiful is that that is a term that was used in the Old Testament. And so it's almost like there is this promise that's already being spoken. That's like being, 
like used and experienced in a culture that had not yet known the true completeness yet. That true completeness is Jesus. So we've got this idea of completeness woven into a culture. And when completeness really shows up, it brings a whole new avenue and a whole new element of what true peace really is. So we've got people to this day that are believing or using this word without having the fullness of what it means. Shalom, completeness. In Jesus, there is completeness. Man. Sorry. When, I, when that first hit me years ago, when that first hit me years ago, knowing that that peace truly is available to us right where we're at. Through Jesus, that it's not a, it's not a, um, a future thing. When we talk about the fruit of the Spirit, it's actually the fruit of the Spirit, again, it's evidence. It's evidence that we walk with Jesus. It's evidence that we have access to the things of the Spirit. So the moment that you have decided to follow him, when you believe the truth of who he is, you have been given access to the fullness of the fruit. It may look different in your life at different times. Don't, don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying the moment you get saved, you start floating, you start glowing. That's not, that's not what I'm trying to say. What I am trying to say is that that is available to you now. And so with Jesus being that completeness, I really want to pull up um, Colossians three fifteen through 17 again, but in the tree of life version. And it says, it says this, let the shalom of Messiah rule in your hearts. To this shalom, you are surely called in one body. Also be thankful. Let the word of Messiah dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another with all wisdom in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with gratitude in your hearts to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Yeshua. Yeshua, that's the name Jesus. Giving thanks to God the Father through him. Man, through thanksgiving and experiencing this peace, we experience shalom and unity with one another. To truly experience this peace that we've talked about, to experience that, it happens in unity. I don't know about you, but sometimes when I'm isolated, I feel like I miss out the things that the Lord has called for me. You know what I'm saying? Like this, this life wasn't meant to be lived alone. I'm going a little off script here. Um, life really wasn't meant to be lived alone. That's why oftentimes when, when, uh, you read in the Bible, there's this talk of unity in, in, um, conjunction with speaking of the Holy Spirit, in conjunction with experiencing the life of Christ. It is in unity that you truly find the fullness. It's not in you alone. It's not like I have this, this one relationship with God. It's just me and God. That's it. That's complete. No, God himself is in unity with himself. He's the only being that's able to exist in three persons. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And if we are truly modeled and have been built to live a life exemplifying and glorifying him, then we should also be able to experience that in community. But we also know that we have to put off the old self. 
This is not a knock on anyone. This is recognizing this is what we deal with. We're called to live in unity. We still have the idea that this new self is how we're supposed to operate in. But we have to constantly remind ourselves to put off the old self. And and I truly believe that when you're in community with believers who know you, who love you, who know God and is calling God out of you, is also able to walk with you and say, hey, you're believing a lie right now. That anxiousness, that's not who you are. And I'm not trying to say that there isn't like medically induced anxiety and things like that. That's not, that's not what I'm trying to say. But what I am trying to say is there's ways that we operate that aren't true to who we are. And it takes community to walk with, to call those things out, to walk with us, to sharpen us, to encourage us to live the life that we're called to live. Man, so now we've got that understanding. What is peace? I really want to point our attention to a moment in time where Jesus, you know, he's not just the author, but he's the perfecter of our faith. So when we look at Jesus, we're like, yeah, that's our savior. But how he walked was like, oh, we're supposed to walk like he did. So now that we see Jesus, we're to emulate him. So I want to read Mark 4, 35 through 41 together. You don't, Sorry, you don't have to read that with me. I'm going to read it out loud. On that day, when evening had come, he said to them, let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was. And other boats were with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat. So the boat was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they woke him and said to him, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he awoke and rebuked the wind and sea, And said, peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. He said to them, why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, who then is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? So just in context, like you've got people traveling around with Jesus and, hey, let's go to the other side. Let's jump on this boat. And Jesus is like, yo, man, I'm tired. I'm going to go take a nap in the back of the ship. And so he goes to sleep. All of a sudden, the rain and the wind and all this crashing down. Oh, my goodness. Like the boat start. like, I don't know if you've like paused and read it. The boat start filling with water. I, like that would cause me to like scream. Like I would do exactly what uh, <laughs> what the disciples did. Hey, do you not care that we're like dying here? We're taking on water in the middle. Like the sea, like he's in the back of the ship. So the back of the, sh- like the front of the ship that you hit, you feel everything. The middle of the ship, that's like the safest place. The back of the ship, he's still feeling something. And Jesus is still like, man, he's sleeping. Like, all of this is happening, and my man is just like, man, this is a good dream. Like, you know, like, I, I, I don't know. Like, have you ever been in that, that deep asleep where, like, the most peaceful place? Like, that's crazy to be able to just take a nap in the midst of all that craziness. Um, but, you know, our God can do it. So if he can do it, so can you. Um, I'm not telling you to sleep through all your problems, but... Uh, <laughs> But in, in this moment, what we see is as they, as these disciples are filled with fear, like, I think they did the right thing. Hey, let's go get the good teacher. But I actually think that there was two, there's almost two invitations here that's actually being given. 
the first invitation was to actually follow what Jesus was doing. There wasn't need for alarm. Because here's the thing, Jesus had, he had a place he had to be. I believe that he had to get to the cross. And so it's almost like it didn't matter what was happening around him, that message in that task was going to get done. Maybe that's the peace that he had, was the fact that he knew this was not his time. To the rest of the disciples, they weren't under that same understanding. Maybe not yet. You know, so, so it's understandable why they went like, hey, wake up. And then I think the second invitation was to, he invited them to actually experience what he was experiencing. When he rebuked the winds and the waves and peace became still, it was almost like he made them aware of what he was actually experiencing. He was asleep, enjoying his sweet Z's. Got up, you know, like a parent, you know, when a parent gets up and has to go do something for their child sometimes, like, ah, you have little faith, goodness. Yeah, be still. Like that was this experience. Was that there was two invitations. You can rest, and then he created that rest for them. So I think that it's okay sometimes to be a little frantic. I'm not advocating for you to be frantic, but where as long as you end up seeking Jesus in the midst of it, everything is going to be okay. Now, as a believer, we have the ability to carry this peace with us in the midst of storms. And I believe, again, it's through Jesus and him alone that we truly experience it. He left and he left us with his Holy Spirit that allows us to literally be in stormy situations and experience a supernatural peace. Now, this actually reminds me of a little bit of a story, not, not the same exact, but um, there's a couple years ago, um, I uh, ended up purchasing a couch, which is interesting. I purchased this couch and then had to turn around and sell it because I didn't have room for it. But um, some people, you know, they, you know, their, their eyes are a little too big for their britches and so mine were this day. Um, so I really wanted this couch, found it um, on Facebook Marketplace, reached out to this, uh, to the person selling it. And um, they're like, hey, come on by. They were selling it, I think, for like a, like a certain amount of money. I was like, oh, it's looking really good. So I show up at this, these people's house and, um, uh, there were, I believe there's a, a, a couple and they had two kids who weren't there, but I kind of stepped in and they were very inviting. It was, it was a, a Buddhist family or a, a couple who practiced um, Buddhism. I'm not here to knock the religion or anything like that, but I am here to say is that we had a really good conversation. Um, I, Again, I was just there for the couch. And they're like, hey, come on, sit down. I'm like, all right. Like, <laughs> I'm like, just so you know, I don't, I don't have a truck or anything. I'm just here to see it and, you know, sit, you know, and then I'll, uh, I'll coordinate it later. And they're like, no, 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 that's fine. So after we were having conversation, good conversation, like, we're going to knock, uh, $50 off. And I'm like, amen. All right. <laughs> all right, Lord. And they're just like, we're just really comfortable, just enjoying each other's company. And then, um, the, the, the husband starts talking because he, he works, um, he was working in, in, on different jobs and construction and stuff. Stuff like that, and he was sharing how. Um, just side side note: a lot of people open up to me randomly, like for no reason, and I'm okay with it. Like I am literally okay with it. It's fun. It's actually really enjoyable because I get to invite the Lord into those spaces. And so he was just opening up again, unsolicited, because I was I was trying to get out. But he he opened up and he was sharing about the jobs that he works with a lot of Christians. 
you know, he's like, yeah, I work with a lot of these Christians. Like me and my wife, we've come from Thailand. We've been here. I think they were there for um, about seven, seven years. And he was saying that all these Christians that I work with, you know what they lack? I'm like, please tell me, what do we lack? <laughs> but he was talking about the ones he worked with. And um, he said they lack peace. He's like, there's a lot that is like, I see it in their lives. They lack this element of peace. And again, in, in, in Buddhism, there, that is a practice. It's a sacred practice of peace. I'm not to knock the, his experience of peace, but I know that there is a beautiful peace that Jesus operates and his, in his example of believers were people that lacked peace. And so I, it's interesting enough to be dynamic, I think, for us in culture, is to literally just do, this is going to sound really crazy, is to do what the Bible tells you to do. What? What, Robin, do you believe this? Do with it. But like simply, like, like I'm not trying to like get super heady with it. Like practicing, like loving one another, engaging one another, um, being filled with the spirit. When I say being filled with the spirit, just be you enjoying God and watch what happens. Enjoy the Lord together. And I'm, I imagine like, like what if those, what if that was us that he was experiencing? People from our church. Would his experience be any different in terms of just observing the people that he worked with? Would we be the ones that exemplify peace because we have that? Because we've exchanged that. We've given that to one another. We've practiced it with one another. And then those who may not know Jesus are able to experience that supernaturally and be invited into this beautiful thing that we have going on called unity. Anyways, they, they blessed me, that, that group, that, the, the couple. They uh, loaded up the couch for me. Um, they, I, like I said, I didn't have space for it, so I brought it to my friend's house. My friend Anna Claire, she actually was the one to take the couch. Then I had to resell it again because I didn't have space for it. But made money off of it. The Lord, again, he shows up. And <laughs> got to flip a couch. Hey. <laughs> All right. So talking about people being invited into, into others' homes, I actually want to visit um, Luke 10. I want to visit Luke 10, and in this, in this um, moment, we've got Jesus, and he is sending 72 believers out. And um, again, this is, he is not, he has not like physically died on the cross yet chronologically. And so we've got people who have heard about the kingdom. You know, we've got, there was like 400 years of silence. And all of a sudden you got this crazy guy named John the Baptist coming in. Um, and he's like, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. And people are like, whoa, this is, this is different. This is, this is what is going on here. And he's like, hey, there's someone else coming. And then Jesus shows up on the scene and he's, he's preaching about the kingdom. All of a sudden he's moving in signs and wonders, which have not been seen and experienced in a long time. And so you've got people who are excited. They are excited about this message of the kingdom. They are moving, they are grooving, and they're like, hey, we're ready to go. And so Jesus is like, all right, let's do this. So, starting Luke 10, verse 1. After the Lord had appointed 72 others and sent them on ahead of him, two by two, into every town and place where he himself was about to go. And he said to them, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. 
Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Go your way. Behold, I am sending you out as lambs in the midst of wolves. Carry no money bag, no knapsack, no sandals, and greet no one on the road. Whatever house you enter, first say, peace be to this house. And if a son of peace is there, your peace will rest upon him. But if not, it will return to you. And remain in the same house, eating and drinking what they provide, for the laborer deserves his wages. Do not go from house to house. Whenever you enter a town and they receive you, eat what is set before you. Heal the sick in it and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. But whenever you enter a town, they do not receive you. Go into the streets and say, even the dust of your town that clings to your feet, we wipe off against you. Nevertheless, know this, that the kingdom of God has come near. I tell you, it will be more bearable on that day for Sodom than for that town. I'm not here to harp on uh, that, that last piece, but what I am going to say is, no matter what, when these people, they were sent to go before the Lord with the message of the kingdom. So they were literally preparing the way for the king. Like, they may not have even had that full understanding, but we who have the ability to read the Bible from the comfort of our own homes or our phones are able to see, just taking a step back, looking down, he sent them out to be able to prepare the way for the king. And they were going in, not carrying anything. All they had was this good news. And the first thing that they do when they enter into a town, going to a house, is saying, peace be to this house. Giving the peace that comes with the power of the message. Because again, this is, the Holy Spirit has not come down and rested upon the believers. I'm not saying the Holy Spirit was not active in, in these moments. That's not what I'm trying to say. But all they had was the message that they had received from Jesus in teaching the things that he had been teaching them. And they were going to prepare people to hear him. And so even the houses that turned him away or turned them away, the message was still getting out. Because nevertheless, know this, that the kingdom of God has come near. Even if they rejected it, the message was still coming. He was still on his way, regardless of how they received it or not. Now, it just kind of, Luke 10 just reminds me a little bit of like Mark 16, where Jesus, he's actually ascending. He, he's died on the cross. He's raised again. And now every, he, he's taught. He's come back, he's taught. These people have experienced him. They're seeing him glowing. And they're like, well, this is crazy. And like, as he's leaving, he says, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. Very similar um, in flavor, but this idea that like signs, also he said like signs and wonders will also follow. I think that there's something beautiful about this idea. It's not about the signs and wonders that we chase, but those are the things that legitimize the message. Signs and wonders legitimize the message. They're talking about this beautiful power. They're talking about the kingdom of God. And then they're also going and healing the sick. And they're watching people, like lives change because of the power of this message. Again, it legitimizes it. Man. It's the message of Jesus, guys. Like sometimes we want to chase peace. 
You want peace in your life? Tell someone about Jesus. I'm not, I'm not saying that you have to literally like go and, and proclaim it to everyone who doesn't know. There's literally people next to you that need to know the peace of God. The houses that, that I like, like, let's, let's go back to like Jesus again. Jesus is called to, in this moment, he's calling, he's called to the lost sheep of Israel. So these are people who know the culture. These are people who know the stories. He's coming in and bringing a new understanding of the things that they have read for so long. So in our context, maybe we just need to bring that fresh understanding of Jesus's love to a stale walk. Have you knocked on the door of the neighbor to your left and to your right and brought the peace of God with you? Knowing that the power that comes with the message literally changes households. Literally practice this. Scott, I'm coming to your house. Peace be to this house. I may not say that. But honestly, that has, and and I'm going to be honest right now, that has been my experience here at Queen City. My experience has been knocking on doors and hanging out. In believing that the Lord will show up when we gather together and break bread. Like, like legitimately. Cause man, I'm telling you, we need this stuff. We need unity. We need peace. We need these things. And if my brother and my sister is carrying it, give me some, please. I'm not afraid to ask for prayer. I believe me. I am not. Ask John and Kim. I am not afraid. That's hey, like, can y'all pray for me? (laughs) And they do. So when I I ask this, like, not as like a a challenge, not as a rebuke. I ask this in like like because I'm I care for your heart. When's the last time that you felt peace come through your door in the form of another believer in this congregation? And if you haven't, invite someone in. It's okay. Literally, invite someone in. Man, so um, Dave Mackey and I, we recently took a a trip down to Columbia, just a day trip. Um, I don't know what it is. Me and Dave were like, we just really like cut up about Going to Columbia, South Carolina. I don't, I don't know what it is. Like everyone else, I, I know you guys are like, why Columbia? Like there's literally like, like <laughs> you're anywhere else. And we we're just like, yeah, man, I don't know what it is. Like we just need to be, maybe it was the Lord or maybe it was just, I don't know. We're, we're too hipster or something. I don't know. But either way, we decided, uh, Hey, let's take a day trip. So we, we had day off of work and we went down, man, Dave and I, we just had a blast. We had a blast just. Two guys on the town, you know, uh, we came back at like 6 p.m. So it was just literally a day trip. We didn't do anything crazy. Just walked around, took some pictures, um, and ended up like checking out thrift stores. Like, I mean, it was, like, it was nothing insane. But the conversation we had was great. And we got to this one, like, we went to this, we're trying to go to this one thrift store and it was closed. And there was a woman, um, that, uh, was running a consignment shop. She was, um, right, she was right, um, nearby. And so she in, she basically was like, Hey, it's closed, but you guys can come over to the consignment shops. So we're like, 
all right, let's go in here. So we look around. We ended up actually like getting a few things. It was pretty cool. Um, but Dave was talking to this woman. Her name is Patsy. And um, if there's anything, if you guys don't know about Dave, Dave is a very, uh, he's a guy that just literally loves people. And he cares for, he cares for those who are around him. And um, so he's just talking to her because, you know, he, he's picking up on something. And so you just ask him about her day. And, and so through that interaction, we ended up praying with her. And so we asked, um, so I asked, like, Patsy, do you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Again, I wasn't trying to, like, proselytize or anything like that. I was just like, I don't know. Like, you know, sometimes when I'm praying for someone who doesn't know the Lord, like, it might sound a little different than when I'm praying for someone who does. And so I'm just trying to, like, figure out what I'm working with. So I'm like, do you know? And she's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, I know Jesus. And I was like, all right, bet. Let's do this. So we pray for Patsy, and it wasn't anything crazy. And when we were done, she's in tears, and she just said, thank you. And what ended up being for Dave and I was just like a trip down to Columbia. Ended up being a moment that I believe was a divine intervention for this woman to get prayed over. And like, just imagine if that's how we treated our relationships here, that wherever we go, the lunches that we go to, when we're going to people's houses, we desire to be a place where God can meet us. Man, so Dave, thanks for that trip. It was a lot of fun. Um, (laughs) So I do have one more, um, one more scripture I'd love to go through, but I think I'm just going to summarize it for you and not not get too too crazy in it so we can um, transition but so in acts twenty seven i'm not going I'm not going to read it, but in acts twenty seven um, there's a shipwreck. The first time I got the chance to preach, I mentioned the shipwreck that Paul was in, and man, I tell you, like the life of Paul, if you haven't studied the life of Paul, the dude went through some stuff all for the sake of the gospel, and it was his joy and it was his pleasure to do it and so there was a moment where um you know he has he's basically been imprisoned because he shared the gospel. You know, he used to be against believers of the way. And then all of a sudden, he changed sides after meeting um, Jesus in the spiritual, uh, glowy experience on Damascus Road. And he became one of the chief among those who are telling people about Jesus. And man, he gets to a point where uh, he's been captured. He's spoken to a group of people. And they're like, hey, um, what did you do again? Because he was falsely accused in prison. And so he's literally sharing the message of Jesus. And it gets to the point where he is on his way to go see Caesar and they have to go on a ship. They're on a boat. And he goes to the captain, he goes to the crew and he's like, hey guys, like it's going to be pretty bad out there. And it looks calm on the waters. <laughs> They're like, oh, we'll be fine. So they ignore him. He's like, well, there's going to be potential loss. And um, they go, the water's looking good, and then a storm kicks up out of nowhere. And they're fearful, and it's scary. And I will read this. And then the Lord gives, um, the Lord gives Paul a word um, through an angel and says, Do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand before Caesar. And behold, God has granted you all those who sail with you. So take heart, men, for I have faith in God that will be exactly as I have been told. But we must run aground on some island. So this idea that they're on a ship and they are going to crash. But the Lord spoke to his child saying that you've got to go and present. You've got to carry this message to Caesar. But everyone who is with you on this boat, your lives will be spared. 
but the boat will crash. And there's this idea that even when we are in the trials of life and the craziness of life, there is still the message that we carry. And I believe that it needs to go someplace. And that we have the opportunity to call down the things that the Lord is telling us and to share that with those that we are with. I'm not trying to say that, that there isn't loss of life. I'm not trying to say, oh, because you have the gospel, you will not lose somebody. I'm not trying to say that we are spared from the things that the rest of the world go through. But there's a way that we go through it that is very, very different. We can offer a true hope that transforms and changes the places that we go. I don't want to get too excited. I don't. No, I'm, I'm, we're going we're gonna to land the plane here. Because you guys know I can get really, really excited. But in the excitement, there's this real love and passion that the Lord has for you. Each and every one of you. He legitimately wants you to know his peace. For those of you who have called Jesus your savior, he wants you to experience that in its fullness and it's something that's available every single day. And for those of us that may struggle with experiencing it, the avenue is to actually invite other believers in. I'm not saying go and and just find anyone, but I want to pray for us that we would truly experience God's peace through his people. So Father God, we thank you for this time and we thank you um, for this not just concept of peace, but Father, this promise of peace that we experience through your Holy Spirit. We thank you that Jesus modeled it out and it's through the message that we're able, that we carry, um, Father God, that we are able to experience the fruit of the Spirit. And Father God, I pray that we would receive a true impartation of your peace, Lord, especially in this next week, that may we be bound together in unity through love, May we be able to share the peace of Christ with our brothers and sisters. Father, I pray that anyone in in this room right now that may need just a measure of peace in their life, Lord God, I pray, Lord God, that they would truly receive it. Lord, I pray that you'd bring the right people and the right person. Father God, I pray that pride would be moved aside and Father, that we would ask and seek you, but also um, knock on the doors of our, our neighbors. Father God, I pray that we would move in boldness to carry the peace that we have and to go to our neighbor's homes and to bless their home with peace. So Father God, we receive that today. We ask and receive it today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. One of the things I've recognized and realized over the years about different um, aspects of the fruit of the Spirit is um, they can be the consequence of something. In other words, there's joy and peace in believing, it says in Romans 1. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. And so peace can be a consequence, but peace can also be imparted. Peace can be a consequence. In other words, lots of times one of the reasons you know you're off track 
with something you may be believing or having been convinced of is because you lose your peace. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Because peace can be a consequence. But it can also be imparted. It can be released and spoken from one person to another. So here's what I want us to do. First of all, we do have ministry teams for anyone who needs prayer. If you'll come over here after the service, we'll be glad to pray for you. We have a team that um, we've trained, and uh, they're very good at that. But let's do this. I want everybody to find one other person. So sort of break up into twos. And I know you, some of you aren't going to be comfortable, so break up into threes. And, <laughs> but I want you to just stand up here and get a couple people around you. We're going to practice something. We're going to pray for each other. Won't that be shocking in church to actually pray for one another? Now, depending on how many people in your group, I want you to take turns. I want you to simply ask permission to lay hands on them in an appropriate place. Don't uh, maim or harm anyone here this morning. And I want you just to simply... Say, in the name of Jesus, I release the peace of God to you this morning. Just begin some form of that. You can do it your way. But, um, but you have the ability to impart peace this morning by the grace of God. Now, here's a great rule of thumb. If once is good, twice is better. So now that you've gotten over the initial shock that you're actually going to pray someone, do it again. And I'll pray this over you too as we take off today. Let the peace of God rule your heart's and your minds this week through Christ Jesus. Father, we pray and we release by the power of your spirit that dwells within us that kind of peace that overcomes difficulties, problems, fears, all that life throws at us. Father, you said, Jesus, you said, my peace give I unto you. In the world you may have tribulation, but be of good cheer I have overcome the world. So, Father, we ask that you would release the power of your peace this morning that does pass our understanding. Father, there are people in this room that need that. There are people in this room, Lord, that need um, the kind of peace that absolutely bankrupts the kinds of understandings that have robbed and stolen from them. So, Father, we break the power of fear this morning. We break the power of anxiety this morning. We break the power of every single thing, every evil force that would disrupt our birthright of having a life filled with your peace. So Father, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. 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 Okay, okay. Have a great week. You've been listening to the Queen City Church Sermon of the Week. 
For more information on this message and other resources, visit queencity.church.